hello. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> I'm right here. Hello and welcome to Three Funny Ladies. That uh, is Joe Patricia <laughs> Bailey. And that I'm, is I've given up. Susan Bernadette Jacobs. <laughs> Bernadette. Bernadette. Uh, how the hell are ya? I'm all right. How are you doing? Good, I'm good. Why are you just all right? You sound you sound just all right. What's just all right? I just have had a hard time getting it together today, is really okay. where right. it's at. I yeah. where it's at. I it's see. Friday. We're recording on Friday the 13th. Oh my god! Oh my god, I didn't even clock that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So uh yeah. How's your week been? What have you been doing? Good. Um, you know, just working. Um uh, just working, man. Jobs. <laughs> What's with jobs? Uh, am I right? right? <laughs> oh, you are so right. You speak the truth. <laughs> so I am a people pleaser. Oh, in, in what way? Uh, are you not? Do you not agree with that? Does that come as <laughs> I a was shock trying to you? be funny, like in a sex, oh. <laughs> in a sexy way. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I am uh-huh. a total bottom. Um, <laughs> so I'm a power bottom and I, well, I mean, yeah, no, okay. We don't have to talk about it. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Uh, People anyway. pleaser. Go. <laughs> what happens is, especially in a work environment is that, and I said this to my new boss, I was very proud of myself that I, I articulated this. I was like, the problem with someone like me is that the standards for my work are higher then sometimes some of my coworkers, because you know what I'm capable of and what I'm willing to do. And so if I fall short of that, even though that's still more than what my coworkers are doing, I don't reap any benefits. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've kind of felt that way in my personal life as well. But anyway, um, so I'm like the fixer at work and I'm the, I'll do this. I'll do that. And our, our client wants us to work on Martin Luther King day, which our company has off. Mm. And there are three different shifts in my department. There's only three of us and we all work different shifts. And the lady who works the late shift, she's like, I don't want to work. Cause you don't have to work. It's a swing shift. If they make you work on a holiday and they only wanted to, they only needed two people. Well, the woman who, um, didn't want to do her shift i have to do her shift so i not only work on a holiday but have to work until seven gross and it's just stuff like that like people just assume i'm gonna do things um at work and so i'm just kind of like and i've been dealing with sort of that which like seeped over into personal like i just started thinking about things and i just got really sort of um as you know, I've been having a hard mental time lately. I think I'm getting better because, but because the reason is I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm going to weed out people that just need me for what I can do for them. Mm-hmm. That's a good because, plan. I, because I can't, I can't anymore. And a lot of the problem I have is that I'm very independent. I don't like asking for help. I don't like looking vulnerable. I don't like looking weak. And so you know, you cultivate the stuff about yourself and then the people around you expect you to be that way. And so when you do finally break those molds for yourself, I think people don't know what to do. Yes. I think that's also true. 
And so I've had to be really clear of, I just need you to ask me how I am. <laughs> I just need you. When I say this thing, I need you to say this thing. And you guys have been very good at that. And and most everyone has. And some other people haven't gotten it yet. And some of those people are going to go away very soon. Because I just don't, I don't have the energy. Yeah. It, you, you get to the point where you're too old for this shit. I am too old for this shit. And guess what? I don't, because the thing is, I'm like, I, I take care of all the stuff, you know, and at my house, and I've realized lately, I'm not doing that anymore. Pete really is. And because he's stepped up because I haven't been able to do stuff. Um, But, you know, it's sometimes I, this is going to sound weird. Sometimes I don't want to feel wanted. No, I totally get that. Because like it's very tiring being responsible for someone's well-being, for someone else's well-being, someone else's happiness all the time. Mhm. And so that's kind of what I've been working on lately, but it's it's come I'm coming out of a tunnel. I'm going I'm setting boundaries like um you know, before you launch into complaints, say hello first. You know, that can- say hello how are you first and then you can complain to me um (laughs) anyway so that's just what i've been doing and doing little self-care things like you know watching something funny all day while i'm working and you know just little tidbits like that are you um you are you feel like you've turned a corner i think so i i had an epiphany in the shower today because when it comes to and i think you could probably agree with this and anyone in a relationship where you live with the person can agree with this especially if you have children or someone else that you take care of um a lot of times you assume that you're taken for granted mm-hmm. even when tables have turned and you don't even notice it yourself and so there's that piece um and then a lot of the stuff I've been going through too is because I'm working through stuff that I didn't even need know needed to be worked through from my childhood. And all this sounds really cheesy and stupid, but it is what it is. And coming to terms with certain things and, and coming to terms with the fact that I wasn't the person that people wanted me to be, and not in a bad way, just like physically or what have you. And I had an epiphany in the shower. I think the reason I turned the corner is my brother let me explain thank you um so and i don't know if we've talked about this we probably have so my sister-in-law reached out to me and was like i'm gonna fly you out here for william's birthday it's a total surprise yes and then william started talking to me and he sounded like he knew i was coming out there well it turns out it was all they double crossed me it was to get me to come out there to see lizzo anyway yes and like, and the other day he called me and we had this hour long conversation. And he's just like, miss you so much and blah, 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 blah. And the reason this sort of broke through to me is this person has only known me for a year. They want nothing from me. And yet they already love me and do things for me. And I know that I could ask them for anything. And so I think that sort of broke through like, not everyone's going to be that way and that's okay. But if this person who's only known you for a year can value who you are, then it's not too much to ask others in your life to do the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. Good for you. And Congratulations. I think, I think, thank you. And I think that's kind of what made me go, oh, hey, I don't need to just be someone's fixer. I don't need to be someone's middleman. I don't need... And part, and I do take responsibility for having that personality, but also it's up to the people around me to go, Hey, just cause she can, or just cause she will, doesn't mean she always should. Let's fucking back off. Yeah. 100%. And I think that we're similar in that way that I think we're both perceived as being very strong people and that we got, and like, we got this, but right. it doesn't mean we always have to have it or. Right. We and don't it need mean, to carry it. Right. And sometimes it's like, sometimes, and this is on, this is only a couple of people in life, but sometimes I, I don't need you to necessarily do anything for me or help me, but stop giving me your shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't even you need to ask how I am. Just read the fucking room and stop asking me to help you. Give me a, I need a break. I just need a break. Especially when it's easy shit that you can figure out for yourself but you're used to me figuring it out for you and I need you to stop. Yeah. I need a breather. Yeah. So it's it exhausting. Um, it's so, it's uh, some people are just so exhausting. And then I was talking to another one of our good friends today and they're like, you know, we haven't talked in a while and I didn't want to let that go on. And I was like, listen, just know that we don't have to talk all the time. You are always going to be at a certain place in my heart. Always, always, always. And I was like, and honestly, I haven't talked to you in a long time because I don't talk to other people because there are people that monopolize my time and then I just don't have the energy. I just don't have it. Yeah. You, it you, just leaves me. Once you get one of those energy, energy, energy suckers in your life. Oof. Yeah. 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 So anyway, all of that to say, yes, I think I have turned a corner. Um, and, and I'm happy about that. Well, good for you. Um, so since we're talking about deep psychological stuff, do you have any deep psychological things you want to talk about? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm going to keep that all inside. Uh, you sound like a crazy person. I'm going to keep it inside where it belongs, shoved way deep down. Uh, yeah, no, no, to just abruptly change the subject, Lisa Marie. Isn't that crazy? That 54. Is so 54. And here is, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to have to find this. So I'm going to sort of kind of talk. And she was weird. just at the Golden Globes. Yes. With her mother, who I love, Priscilla. And it's like, it's because I was thinking about this too. Like if it had been a car accident, then it's like, okay her just seeing her two days previous and not knowing anything was wrong that but but for it to be cardiac arrest and people saw her two days pre it just oh it's just woo. yeah i called my mom last night i see i grew up my mother i grew up in a very very staunch pro elvis household uh, as a my child aunt, my aunt was like that um so pro elvis is there a <laughs> i'm Is sure there, there must be camp? I, I mean i guess <laughs> anti-elvis household right, right. i was not privy to one of those um so i called my mom when i heard the news last night and my sister had already called her um, coordinate. yeah it looks like this tweet got taken down travis tritt tweeted something about 
her passing and when are we going to start admitting or owning up to how why these deaths are happening at such a young age to these people i don't know <gasps> oh travis tritt you oh travis know. tritt you don't know what happened and here's the thing listen i made assumptions too i'm like oh i wonder if it was you know what caused the heart attack right but also she just could have had a heart attack yes well i think his was coming from a place of like anti-vax something like along those lines Ooh. like there's something in the water the government is poisoning. oh that's even worse like, travis, like your that. name is travis tritt sit down sit down. right Let right tt um <laughs> you're like tt <laughs> and i saw something about jeremy renner today is he gonna lose the leg what's going on do you know um oh god i feel so bad once i realized he wasn't gonna die i was like you're all right you don't need me um, <laughs> i don't need to check in with you again <laughs> he's the one that just talks my ear off joe and i can't take it jeremy renner i cannot be your emotional support anymore Hawkeye. i'll see you in, i'll see you in bird boy <laughs> Jeremy Runner, let's see. That was two days ago. This is two hours ago. Uh, I don't know if he's going to lose the leg. I hadn't seen anything. I saw a headline, but it could just very well have just been clickbait. So I'm sure. Well, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> say anything here. He's a fighter and he's crushing all his progress goals. Oh, well, that's good. Good for so, him. God, Godspeed. God, Godspeed, Jeremy Runner. Um, he seems like a sweet man, but he, he's, uh, hmm. yeah, I don't, he's not my, he's not at the top of my Marvel list. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of Marvel, um, the Golden Globes happened this week, uh, which was, well, they're back, first of all. So that's point number one. Um, and they were on a Tuesday, point number two. Yeah, weird. What like why? I feel like they were like NBC was like, okay, we'll bring you back. <laughs> but you're gonna be on Tuesday this year. But you know what, bitch? You're gonna you're be on Tuesday and you're gonna like you're it. in timeout. <laughs> you you this is probationary. Yeah. Right? You this is Golden Globes probation. This is GGP. <laughs> and uh we're gonna see how it goes. This is you're on the timeout stool. Okay. <laughs> if you can promise to behave, we might we'll put you on weekend. Sundays. Yep. We'll think about Sundays again. Okay. Um, and I read that viewership was down nine percent from the last time they're on, but it was on a Tuesday. Um, and I don't, I feel neither here nor there about the Golden Globes, but yeah, whatever. Um, I thought they were fine. I did not really care for Gerard Carmichael. Um, he's just not my cup of tea as a as a comedian. Um, he's very laid back. At one point, he sat on the steps uh, during his opening monologue, and he just kept telling everybody to shut up and be quiet and settle down. I'm like, this is the Golden Globes. Everyone goes there and gets drunk. So, but Angela Bassett ah! coming through with Best Supporting Actress for Wakanda Forever. The first Marvel Golden Globe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if she took the Oscar, holy shit. What a coup. What a coup. Yeah, so that was interesting. Oh, and and I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not going to try. Brad uh, Pitt. <laughs> oh yes, I thought it was Pite. Thought it was Brad Pite. Yep. Thought it was Braid Pite. Sorry. All right. Braid Pite. <laughs> the whitest man in the world. <laughs> With the whitest name in the world. Um, 
he was data in uh goonies he oh yeah 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 his speech oh, just so precious oh my god and he hasn't Pete pointed out he's like he's exactly the way he was when he was a kid he sounds exactly the same um he's oh, just so precious i didn't see the movie um but just so precious and chunk from goonies is his entertainment lawyer and oh, negotiated sweet. his contract for uh the movie um and then they sh- pan to his wife and his wife is just adorable as well and i just it gave me warm fuzzies i loved it um i love that michelle yo won i'm getting now listen i didn't watch i didn't watch golden globes nor have i seen any of these movies except for kind of forever um stop yelling at the orchestra stop yelling at th- it's annoying we get it it's we get it stop yelling at them they're doing a job well stop i 100 agree with you now they had a pianist who seemed like a lovely woman i'm, I'm assuming she too. goes by woman i don't know i i think this is why it riled me is because it was one woman and yes, it's like, being told what to do right and it's like there's one woman who is being told what to do by a producer by a director whatever what have you don't tell her to shut up. That's rude. I don't give it's a fuck who you so are. Rude. I don't give a fuck what you've just won. You have to be cognizant of the fact that she is being told what to do and she's there to do a job and she is getting paid. Right. And you are Michelle Yeoh and you are beloved and you just won a an award and people know who you are. So they're going to side with you automatically. People, people need to stop doing that. D- tighten up their speeches. Tighten their shit up. They know they have a time limit. It. it you know what? No, it's not fucking fair. You just, but also it's just a golden globe. It's not a fucking Oscar or the Nobel peace prize. Right. You don't need to fucking go. You don't need to thank everyone you've ever met. Stop it. It was rude and people need to act better. And the problem is that the people who win early in the evening just get to go, just get to keep going. They don't play any of them off. And see, that's the thing too. You need I know. to. And then as they're looking at the clock, as it gets closer to eleven, they're like, right. "TikTok, Michelle, not- speed the fuck up." Right. And so it's like, why are you doing these big? I mean, Golden Globes is different because I, I kind of feel like all the categories are big. But then, like for the Oscars, you save all the big awards, all the ones that people care about, for the end, and then you're playing them off. Yeah. And it's not that a costume designer isn't just as worthy or just as important but it's like the costume designer and the sound editors and those kind of people are the ones that are standing up there and they've got a fucking scroll of people they need to thank and it's like would you listen read the fucking room okay everyone wants to hear braid pite when he wins his awards okay (laughs) i I just stop it and And people oh go ahead ahead. no go ahead go ahead I was going to repeat myself. It's just rude. Just stop being rude. <laughs> and people reading their speeches off their phones this year was like, ugh. I hate when people read their shit anyway. Like Steven Spielberg won. He was like, oh my God, I didn't write anything down because I think it jinxes everything. And then his speech was lovely and charming. Um, That's the thing. Do it from the heart. Exactly. It'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. I hate, hate. Anyway, uh, so that was fine. Um, I don't even remember anyone who won. Did you see what Jamie Lee Curtis was wearing? I didn't. She had that black dress on. She had like a lace cape lit, or maybe it was long. It just looked very matronly, I thought. 
those glasses, those serial killer glasses, I cannot get behind. We need to we need to bury those. Those yeah. oval, not oval, those squarish, roundish, squarish, large. Every serial killer in the 70s and 80s wore them. We need to stop. They don't look good on anyone. Stop it. Yeah, those like teardrop. Yeah, just frames. Fucking stop. They look awful. Yeah. Um, I'm getting Jamie Lee Curtis fatigue. I gotta tell you, I love her. I'm getting a little fatigued. I really thought fatigued. she was gonna win. Everyone loves that fucking movie. I hated I that seen fucking it. movie, but I haven't seen it. Uh, your lovely husband uh, said I shouldn't. Um, because I had. I don't know what we were talking about, but I had said something about it. And he's like, oh, no, don't see that movie. It's about mothers and daughters and stuff and stuff. I think that's a movie we were talking about. Hmm. Um, yeah, that tracks. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can't take that right now. So um, I have not. And also, when something gets so hyped, I get I become a petulant child. And I don't want to see it out of principle. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. They don't care. No, I get that. Curtis doesn't care that I didn't see your fucking movie. But I, <laughs> <laughs> she, it, she, it's fine. Um, I've seen Knives Out enough that I can miss this other movie. Um, although I will see it at some point because I love um, Michelle Yeoh and I love the man in it. So, anywho, what else? Anything else noteworthy, newsworthy? Um, I saw Megan this week. How was it? Oh my God, it's so great. Is it really? Oh my God, it's so great. It's so ridiculous. So fucking over the top. I fucking loved every minute of it. I saw something yesterday. Oh, the menu. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. It it is it I think Brandy Joe would get a kick out of it. He saw it. Oh, did he like it? He saw the movies. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um if you talked about it on the pod, I'm not uh, I'm not up on it. Um It, it was, was fine, fine, he says. Okay. I can see that. I I think I don't ever I don't ever have to watch it again. It was surprising to me. Like I didn't realize it was a psychological thrillery type thing. So I was totally I had no idea what it was going in. So I was like, holy shit. Um so I liked it. What else? Um I'm currently watching The Traders. With a D or an A-I-T-O-R. A-I-T-O-R. It's like Traders, like Trader Joe's? Yeah, it's about Trader Joe's. Um, it's a reality it's a show about the Trader Joe's baggers. It's it's high. Oh. High intrigue. No. It is the T-T-T-O-T-O-T-O. It is originally a British show. It's like the mall. Oh, it's with Alan Cumming. Oh, yes. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people I would fuck that are on that show. Alan Cumming, well, uh, obviously, no, he is to me. I don't mm. know why. Mm. Um, and so many other people. There's one person I don't even know what their pronouns. Would fuck. Uh, a couple of boys would fuck. Is that, like, is I, it, that their pronoun? Would fuck. <laughs> yes. Uh, my name's Joe. Uh, my pronouns are would fuck. That's amazing. I would fuck. I would fuck. Those are my pronouns. And fuck. Will and fuck. Um, <laughs> and I, it's sort, yeah, it's sort of like the, do you remember them all? Oh, fuck yes. With, oh, fuck yeah. With, oh, fuck uh, yeah. Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Cooper. They're bringing it back, or they did bring it back. Yeah. Oh, they did. That's right. I keep forgetting. I need to, that's my to watch list. Um, 
I just started watching it and I, you know how I am. I just, I know instantly whether I'm in the mood for it and I wasn't in the mood for it. The Traders is sort of like that. It was originally a British show. They've brought it to the U.S. like they do with everything British. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we can't get out of their clutches. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't know where that came from. I'm 53% British. So really, I should be on their side. Um, uh, and I love it. I love it. I think I love it because I just love the feeling of it because it's in scotland and it's all dark and rain it's mm. in this castle and it's i love it so anyway that's what i'm watching today did you watch salt lake city yes Girl. oh my g Girl. first of all okay let's talk about I used to really like Heather. Heather. Oh my God, me too. And I hate, sorry, before, no, keep go, your no, thought. Go ahead, go this go. is what I most hate about housewives is they always seem to take the housewife I love the most and yep. turn her into a total idiot yep. who I, I then hate. Yep. Nope. Agreed. Because I'm like, bitch, just say what happened to your Seriously. eye. Seriously. Just say what happened to your eye. Are you trying to create a story? So fucking annoying. Like, At this point, just, I, don't, I don't even fucking care now. Right, exactly. Like, did you just trip and you feel stupid, but now you're but you're savvy, so you're like, oh my god, let's make this a storyline. Yeah, so is that stupid. what you think? Because now it's going off the rails, and 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 uh, what's her face? Her cousin is like, if you just told us, no one would ask. Exactly. You don't want it talked about. It's all we're talking about because you won't say anything. Yes. So dumb. But the whole thing when she calls Jen is like, we have a problem. Like, why do we have a problem? I don't know. I, I, Jen or Meredith were there and know what happened, I think. Because mm. those two were the only two she called true. the day after. True, true. I think she just fell on her ass. Honestly. I mean, she was very drunk. Yeah. Or Jen accidentally hit her. Yeah, I wondered if, I mean, if anyone's involved, it seems like it's going to be Jen Shaw, but, um, but then there was that Angie K was saying that there's the rumor that she and Jen Shaw were having sex and. Yes. And listen, I'm, I'm sorted. I thought that as well. I, I personally think it's Jen accidentally hit her and. Heather doesn't want to say anything because of her trial and she doesn't want Jen to look a certain way when it was an accident or whatever. But even that doesn't make any sense because just say what happened. Yeah. It's all so dumb. It's all so dumb. But then the Jen shot of it all, because when they come up with those little bubbles, I was like, hold on. What, yeah. We're halfway through. What's, what's, what's going on? Yeah. And I yeah, checked yeah, I like how long thing. I was like, wait, yep. oh, oh, hold on one or a second i was trying to think of an adjective i couldn't come up with one and then we and then then it was the real excitement um i am confused with the whole jen shaw thing because i guess i don't know and i could google it but then i just my adhd i lose interest what is it that she has done well, she, apparently they were they had some sort of phone uh, a telemarketer scam. Okay, that they were 
calling all of these primarily old people, older people and scamming them out of money. I don't know for what, for a product or I'm not sure. How well, they I guess that's what. what I don't understand is like, what were they, what, how, and what is her actual business? Well, that, yeah, that's a very good question too. And also once, like once she pled guilty, like I find it hard to believe that coach Shaw didn't know any of this nefarious business was happening. Yeah, I could go either way. Well, and I didn't know he was a lawyer. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, because at the very end, when Lisa and Heather are together and they're sort of the the vehicle to recap everything, Mm -hmm. Heather says to her that she thinks that the reason Jen pled guilty was because coach was go was pouring through all those papers and discovery and witness statements because, and she said, because he's a lawyer. Mm, I missed that part. And he found something that they could not dispute. Yeah. A smoking gun. And that's why she pled guilty. Now, did he know? Did he not know? I, I could believe that he knew, but I could also believe, I don't think he's stupid. I think that he probably was like, wow, my wife's business does really well. We're really fucking rich. What the fuck does she do? I I think that maybe he could have had an inkling and wanted plausible deniability. Yeah. And then would not have to like testify against her or anything. Right. Like I don't, I never asked. I didn't know. I have no idea. And I think she would have done the same for him. I'm not going to tell him a, he might be disappointed in me. Uh, B uh, plausible deniability. So um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And did you watch RuPaul? No, what ha- RuPaul? The new season started last week. <gasps> I didn't even know. I did not. Okay. So I have nothing to talk about. Okay. Uh, is it an All Stars or just a regular season? Regular season fifteen. I didn't even know. I was not going to watch it. I'm just tired of the whole everything about it. I'm gagged sure. and ever just everything. I'm I'm gagged and gooped. Yeah, but we watched it. And it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how they get you. That's how so they fucking get you. I know. Uh, so, yeah, I would recommend it. All right. I will. I didn't even. That's the problem with RuPaul's Drag Race is that it goes, it changes hands and networks so much. And yes. Don't see, and we don't have cable per se. We have Sling. And so you don't see the advertisements for it. And stuff right. Because like um, it's on MTV now. So. But it's also on the secret site, so okay. And it's better there because they have all this. They leave all the swears in. (laughs) Nice. Um. Yeah. So no, I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, There were two. Just so you know, there were two episodes last week, and then one tonight. So if you get to it this weekend, that's why there are gonna be like three episodes in there. Got it. 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 Um. Shall we transition? Let's. To the lady of the week. Let's do it. Who is it? 
This week, we are talking about Angelica Houston. Angelica! Um, um, do you remember your first memory of Angelica Houston? I don't. It was before Adam's family, but I can't pinpoint what it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What is yours? Uh, Preetzee's Honor. Oh, okay. For sure. Saw that at the movies and uh, I loved her performance in that. Okay. So, Angela Houston, I got my information from Wikipedia, a New York magazine, interview magazine, and a website called 80skid.com. Oh, wow. Um, now, I will tell you, there. this interview in New York magazine came out in 2019. It is a uh, juicy Ooh. I read a headline on Google uh, for an article about the interview, and it said, Angelica Houston gives zero fucks in new interview with New York Magazine. Okay. Um, so I have some of the highlights here. Let's do um, it. So she was born July 8th, 1951. She is 71 years old. Uh, she was born, I know, she was born in Los Angeles to director and actor John Houston and her mother is Enrica Soma, who was a prima ballerina and a model. Oh, all right. Uh, according to Angelica, the news of my arrival was cabled promptly to the post office in Western Uganda. And two days later, a barefoot runner bearing the telegram finally arrived at Murchison Falls, where her father was filming the African Queen. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that funny? Um, and her grandfather... Uh, is Canadian-born actor and Oscar winner Walter Houston. Yeah. Uh, when she was two years old, her family relocated to Ireland, where she spent much of her childhood and which she still considers to be home. She has a complex family because of her parents' multiple marriages and extramarital affairs. Ooh. I know. She has an older brother, Tony, and a, an adopted older brother, Pablo. She has a younger maternal half-sister named Allegra, whom she calls Legs, <laughs> and a younger paternal half-brother, actor Danny Houston. She oh, is the God. I know. She is the aunt of actor Jack Houston. Uh, she once described herself as a lonely child, explaining that my brother Tony and I were never very close, neither as children nor as adults, but I was tightly bound to Nope. Yes, but I was tightly bound to him. We were forced to be together because we were really quite alone. Aww. And they still do not speak to this day. Aww. Uh, her father was largely absent from her life growing up. She says dad was away working to keep us all in food and clothes. It's more than a mission. This is what your dad does first. It's a bit more important than his being your father. I remember being backstage in an interview that he was having in London. I hadn't been on a set before, and I must have been five or six. And I remember the interviewer saying, what is the most precious thing to you on earth? And he said, my children. And I thought, really? <laughs> um, Houston and her mother were photographed by Arnaud de Rosnay, when she, uh, whom she met at the age of 16 in Switzerland. Uh, they were photographed together in October 1968 for Vogue magazine. Shortly after that, her mother died in a car accident. Oh, no. I know. And Angelica relocated to New York City. 
uh, as she sort of fled London because of the memories. She says, I really didn't know what to do with myself, and I wasn't quite sure what my father's intentions were for me, whether he was going to put me in a convent or launch me as an actress. Um, well, he'd already tried to do that. She was Her first film was directed by him, and she got terrible reviews. Um, inspired by uh, models of the time, Jean Shrimpton and Twiggy, she decided to pursue modeling. And through photographer Richard Avedon, a friend of her parents, she met Diana Vreeland, who proposed uh, that her first American Vogue photo shoot uh, happen in Ireland. She described it as very innovative because they presaged the whole sort of gypsy look. On the subject of her appearance, she said, I've done a turnabout on the subject of my nose. There was a long time when I wasn't especially enamored of my nose. Then I was in a car crash and my nose took all of the impact. I broke it in four places. Oh, wow. I know. I realized that if I hadn't had the nose, my entire face would have gone through the windshield. So I had newfound respect for my nose. Aww. She was signed to Ford Models in the early 1970s and worked in Europe for a couple of years. Uh, she walked the runway for Armani, Valentino. And in 1969, at the age of 17, she began dating photographer Bob Richardson, who was 41. And how old? How, what? How? What? How old? She was, was she? 17. Okay, that's gross. Uh, and uh, she became a, fa- a frequent subject of his, and she lived with him until 1973. So four years they worked together. Um, and a month after they broke up, she met Jack Nicholson at his 36th birthday party. So she was 23. And they started an on-again, off-again relationship that lasted for 17 years until 1990. Wow. When the media reported that he had fathered a child with Rebecca Broussard, and she broke it off with him. Angelica broke it off with Jack. During a break from Nicholson in the late 70s, she was involved with Ryan O'Neill, who she has said assaulted her. Which I've heard that a lot about him. On May 23rd, 1992, she married sculptor Robert Graham. Following a courtship of almost two years, they lived uh, in a three-story house designed by Graham, uh, and he died on December 27th, 2008. She does not have any children and uh, stated in a lifetime intimate portrait that she has tried to have a baby on several occasions, and it just didn't work. In her memoirs, she confirmed romances with a slew, not a slew, with a few people, with 100,000 people. uh, And she also acknowledged that she had an affair during the shooting of Ever After with a married man who she simply calls Dolan in her book. So we don't know who that is. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Angelica was an inadvertent witness in the Roman Polanski sexual abuse case in March 1977. When she encountered Roman and his 13-year-old victim by chance in the home of her boyfriend, Jack Nicholson. When authorities searched the house in connection to the accusation against him, she was arrested because she had cocaine on her. Oh. Uh, But she was never charged because the search and seizure of her handbag had been illegal. Although she had not witnessed the abuse, uh, she has subsequently... She was subsequently embroiled in the publicity surrounding Roma Plansky's trial as a rumored witness for the prosecution, although she was never ultimately called to testify. 
she sits on the advisory council of Save the Chimps, which is the largest chimp sanctuary and rescue in history. She narrated uh, the educational video Save the Chimps for them. And in 2012, she was named PETA's Person of the Year. Hmm. Now, here are some highlights from that interview. Let's hear it. On her friendship with Penny Marshall, Mm. uh, they asked if they remained friends until Penny died. And she said not at the end because her habits conflicted with mine. She stayed up all night smoking cigarettes in sub-zero temperatures. They said, what do you mean by sub-zero temperatures? She said her rooms were freezing, like air-conditioned way up. She stayed up all night, followed QVC for beanbag dolls and stuff. She had this collection of sports memorabilia. She had a sort of museum in her basement full of signed baseballs and Laker shirts. I just couldn't relate. And also, frankly, she took a lot of Coke. (laughs) And they said, it's interesting because it sounded like her friend Carrie Fisher had relapsed before she died. And then uh, Angelica says, from what I understand, Carrie was doing a lot of drugs. I don't want to die from drugs. God, what a grim way to go. Unless you're debilitated and need to get out of here. But to go accidentally on drugs, I'd hate that. They said, do you still do any drugs? She says, I smoke weed, but I don't consider that a danger to my health. On the subject of Me Too, they said, so you think what happens on set should stay on set. And there are processes that make the rules of behavior a little different from what you might find at a corporate job. She says, that is absolutely what I'm saying. They said, so would it be fair to say that this is a defense of things that Jeffrey Tambor might have said that were possibly misinterpreted? She said, yes, that is fair. She was, she did a guest stint on Transparent. And she says, he certainly never said or did anything inappropriate with me. Now, this is interesting. I just need to get off this little exit here because I have had this thought. I I feel like, and I'm not making a blanket statement here by any means. I feel like behavior of show people Mm -hmm. is different than behavior of corporate America. And again, I'm not excusing behavior, but like when John Barrowman was accused of flashing his dick on the set of whatever that show was that he was on. I was like, Oh, I mean, if someone flashed their dick at me at a rehearsal or something, I would be like, Oh, haha, That's funny. Right. Right. Um, I just, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. But like, if I walked into my office in downtown Detroit and my CEO was like, look at this. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. 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 I just feel like there's, there are some differences now, obviously if someone is like, Hey, I, you have to fuck me. And to get this role, sure. that is clearly a problem. If someone is like, hey, I'm going to feel you, I'm going to jack off in front of you and you're not asking me to, Louis C.K., that's a problem. Right. I, I think it's to, um, yeah, I think as actors, we are, my best example is that I would never walk into your house and take off my shirt. Okay. Right. But if we're in the green room, and you're there, I don't have two thoughts about taking off my shirt, taking off my pants to put my costume on. As soon as I'm in that mode, that kind of stuff just falls away. We're in a different sort of world. So there's different sort of, I don't know, you have different feelings about things. In college, I did cabaret. I had to have a quick change. My quick change person was a dude and I had to go down to my underwear. (laughs) 
And so you just don't think about that stuff. And also, I think it also is the difference between how well you know somebody. If you, <clears throat> if I walked into the green room and you were like, Suze, and I turned around and your dick was out, I would be shocked because you are not the kind of person who would ever <laughs> do that. But I also would be like, what the fuck are you doing, you weirdo? And then I'd laugh. So I think it has to do with, do you know that person? Do you know their about Stuff like that. In a corporate world, you're not ever going to get there. Does right. Like- yes. And I think, yes. And I think that's part of it too. I feel like when you are involved in making these things, plays or m- movies or whatever, you're together so much that you become the, the different barriers go down. And I think that's why it's also more noticeable with someone like Weinstein. First of all, he used it as a tool. Yes and disgusting also he's a producer he's not around to acting with these people being vulnerable with these people so it's more glaring yeah the reason i talk about this stuff is because there has been stuff that happened to me at second city that looking back at now i'm like oh my god that was totally assault but knowing that person i a know they didn't mean it that way and it was a different time is that an excuse yeah yeah it is doesn't make it okay but I would also like to think that that same person wouldn't do that today. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I, and again, I just want to make myself unclear. Maybe I have, and I'm just overstating it, but like, I absolutely recognize that there is bad behavior, even in the world of show business. Like oh, they asked sure. her. And as, yes. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. And as soon as someone says, I'm not okay with that then it's not okay. Yeah. 100%. Yes. And they asked her in this interview, like, have you ever been propositioned or mistreated sexually? And she was like, Oh yes. And they're like, can do you want to talk about any of it? And she's like, we would have to have a conversation every single day for me to explain all the times that I have been. And that's it too, especially a woman of her age in that industry. I think it's sort of like, it's it's sort of like, well, I had to pay my loans off. Why doesn't that person have to pay their I think it's yeah. sort of like, well, I put up with it and I learned how to deal with it. It doesn't make it okay, but it also gives them this weird perspective of why are you bitching about it? Yes. Yeah. And I hate that. Um, and I hate it too. Like, yeah, I'm not defending her, but I think it's I think it's a different mindset that the whole world is going through learning and evolving. And some people just don't depending on their age, depending on their outlook, depending on where they are in life. They just don't, they still see it the way it was. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the two is age, her age. And you know. yeah. And that's not to say she wouldn't have empathy for somebody. Sure. Um, and I'm not defending any jackass thing she says. I'm just saying I can see why. I can see how someone like her would think the way she does. Yeah. And I mean, and she uh, she grew up in the industry. So. Right. And so it was almost like she was groomed to expect that behavior. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thought, too. And it doesn't mean she didn't like it. it or it doesn't mean she liked it. Right. She disliked it, too. But I think it was just like, well, this is what happens. Just like yeah. when, you know, I found out while well, my dad had an affair and and literally everyone I talked to, well, you know, guys did that. That It's like, oh, I'm sorry you were in the Navy. So you get to put your dick in whatever you want. I didn't realize this is how the world worked. <laughs> the same sort of 
thing. It's just like, well, that's how it was. Everybody was a pervert. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, so just one more thing. Um, they ask her about Jack Nicholson and why he's not working anymore. Um, and she says, if he's not being offered anything as delicious as he's done in the past, why would he? He has enough money to live three lifetimes and pra- and pra- uh, practic- sorry, and particularly in the way that he lives. He doesn't go out and spend tons of money buying fur coats for girls. I don't even know if he buys art anymore. And in terms of the work that's out there, what are they going to give him? The bucket list? That's an insult. I told him, you don't have to do the bucket list stuff. Why don't you play a great villain? Uh, but this interview is, she talks more about Roman Plansky. She talks about Woody Allen. I highly recommend this interview. It's in New York Magazine. It's from 2019. If you get a chance, now, read it. I, I'm sorry. My brain might have gone somewhere else. Was she in defense of Roman Polanski? She kind of, kind of defends him. She basically, she says, I feel like he has paid his time. He has served his time. Okay. And she says that she would work with Woody Allen again in a heartbeat. Well, they've always been very good friends. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they have. Yeah. I mean, they've worked together a few times and I. So, yeah. But yeah, it's a really interesting. Okay. 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 So that is a H. Um, all right. Um, let's see. She made her scream scream. Yep, that's great already. First thing I said. Uh, she made her screen debut in her father's film, A Walk with Love and Death, in 1969. She played 16-year-old French noblewoman Claudia. Um, she had been in the running to play Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, 1968, but Houston withdrew her. Uh, from consideration when her father withdrew her name from consideration when her father decided to cast her as Claudia. Uh, Houston felt that she was wrong for the role and has commented on the experience that her father miscast me first time out. And I think he realized that I was ready to act, but I wasn't ready to act for him. I was difficult. I didn't want to act with no makeup, although I'd have done it for Franco, uh, the director of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, father and daughter. I, but he said, they said I would have done it for Funko. For I if, if I could have been a Funko Pop, I would have. Done I, it. I would have done it, but they weren't even invented yet. I invented Funko Pops. Angelica Houston. This is where I tell you she invented. Funko Pops. Um, father. Else, father and daughter had a fractious, sure, relationship on set. With the young Angelica having difficulty learning her lines and focusing while her father grew more impatient and angry at directing her. And critics derided her performance. Um, uh, Let's see. She had a small role in The Last Tycoon in 1976 based on F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel of the same name. Then The Postman Always Rings Twice in 1981. Uh, This is Spinal Tap, which I've only seen once, and I don't remember her. I've Um, never seen it. Hmm. (laughs) And then uh, she was in Ice, The Ice Pirates in 1984. And then her father cast her as May Rose, the daughter of New York mafia clan head whose love is scorned by a 
Yep, that's right. Hitman in the film Pretzi's Honor, which also starred Nicholson. Uh, she was paid SAG after scale $14,000 for her role. She talks about that in that interview as well. Uh, when her agent called up the movie's producer to request if she could be paid more, she was told, go to hell, be my guest, ask for more money. We don't even want her in this movie. Yikes. Um, <laughs> uh, but then she won an Academy Award for Best Sporting Actress. Uh, she starred opposite <laughs> Michael Jackson in the 17-minute <laughs> 30 million 3D film Captain EO written by George Lucas, oh lord, and directed by Francis Ford Coppola, oh god which ran from that's a powerhouse couple which ran from 1986 uh, at Disneyland and Epcot and later at Tokyo Disneyland and Euro Disneyland uh Coppola, Coppola next cast her as a girlfriend of an army platoon sergeant in Gardens of Stone um a film that dealt with the effect of the vietnam war on the united states home front film critic roger ebert praised her on key on-screen chemistry with co-star james khan remarking that the romance between khan and houston is one of the great adult love stories in recent movies i don't see james khan having uh chemistry with anyone so that's that's uh <laughs> that's that pretty- is accurate the key is a piece of wood. Um, so, uh, Houston earned a BAFTA nomination for Best Supporting Actress for a portrayal of a flight attendant having an affair with a respected family guy in Woody Allen's dramedy Crimes and Misdemeanors. The drama Emily F. And oh my God. Enemies, a love story, was released in 1989, featured her as a long vanished wife of holocaust survivor and a positive review for the film roger ebert asserted parts especially the scenes with houston are heartwarming in a strange way because they show one human being accepting the weaknesses for another for her role she received an academy award nomination for best supporting actress she was in the witches in 1990 um and she was in Grifters in 1990. And then in 1991, she was in The Addams Family. Um, she started directing uh, after com- co- contemplating the idea of following in her father's footsteps. Houston started to put out discreet feelers and pursue material in Hollywood she felt attracted to direct. The studio's overall response was swift and positive with the usual blinders, according to Houston. What they offered me had invariable invariably something to do with my father i didn't want to do a sequel to pritzy's honor pritzy belongs to him i wanted to do something that succeed or fail would be my own she found it in the drama bastard out of carolina based on a novel by dorothy allison about an impoverished girl who endures physical and sexual abuse so a real knee slapper (laughs) um uh, she was nominated for the primetime emmy award for outstanding director for mini series or a special uh, and ever after a Cinderella story in 1998, a modern post-feminist interpretation of the Cinderella story alongside Drew Barrymore and Melanie Litsky, Houston appeared as a Baroness Rod. Yep. I'm not going to say that name. Uh, and she's the, she's the bad guy. Um, then she fell, she fell in with Wes Anderson. <laughs> like he's a gang or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I did not know this. Everything is from Wikipedia. 
it's always going to be from Wikipedia with me. Um, <clears throat> Houston filmed her third directorial debut. Nope. Fil- her third directorial effort, the Hallmark Channel drama, Riding the Bus with My Sister. Oh, I my God. Not, I, I did, did not, not know, know that either. Oh, that boy. she directed that. Oof. And yikes on all of the bikes. Wow. That she should have passed that up. Yeah. She really should have passed that up. Um, let's see. What was her her latest movie? Oh, she was in an episode of Angie Tribeca. Um, oh. Have you watched that show? We watched the first season, I think. It just fell away for no reason. Yeah. Um, uh, she's in uh, Ballerina. That's TBD. And the last thing she was before in, she was in before that was the French Dispatch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is that is a brief look into her career. Uh, she just hearkening back to this interview, she uh, she won the Oscar over Oprah that year. Oh wow. And she has a lot to say about Oprah in that interview. Um, does she have disparaging words to say about O? She does. Oh! Um Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna quick goog. What is it? Variety? Uh New York magazine. Okay. All right, continue. Um, all right. So my pick of the week was the Royal Tenenbaums. I think the first time she fell in with Wes Anderson. <laughs> she fell in. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da>. <laughs> uh, it premiered at the New York Film Festival on October 5th, 2001. I think you did not like this movie. You would be wrong. I love this movie. Oh, my God. Had you seen it before? Yes, I have seen it before. Okay, okay. It. It's oh, just good. delightfully dumb. And, oh. like, I should hate it. Like, I'm watching it going, I should hate this, and I fucking love it. Like, everyone is so dumb. It's just dumb, not in, like, a stepbrother sort of way, but dumb in, like, oh, everyone is so fucking cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, no, I love this. I love it. Um, I also love it. It is easily one of my favorite films, top ten for sure. I had forgotten how much I loved it. I laughed. I cried. I think, well, first of all, if you don't know the Royal Tenenbaums, um, the tagline or the description from IMDb, uh, the eccentric members of a dysfunctional family reluctantly gather under the same roof for various reasons. That makes it sound really interesting. Um, Gene Hackman plays Royal Tenenbaum. And it just made me realize how much I miss Gene Hackman. I just love him so much. So good. Yeah, he's so good. So good. Um, and he and his wife played by Angelica Houston, who I love that her name is Ethelene uh, in this movie. Oh, I love that name. Me too. Uh, they are, they've been separated for year, year, decades, um, but never got divorced. He's living at a hotel. Um, their children all are all grown and everybody comes back uh, to the family home because he tells everyone that he's dying. Um, I think every single performance in this movie is so great. There is no one in this movie that I do not love. Yeah, uh, true. 100%. And it's one of, it's what makes me mad at Gwyneth Paltrow because I know she's so good. So good. 
And she has become one of those people and through no fault. Well, when it comes to Gwyneth Paltrow through, through some fault of her own. Yes. She's become one of those people where she is no longer an actor. Now she's a celebrity. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Which is a shame to me because she is really good. Yeah. So good. Um, and I love her aesthetic. Um, the blunt bob and the yeah. eyeliner. Oh, yep. it just looks so good. And the fur coat. I, I, and that stupid fur coat and penny <laughs> loafers and the polo dresses, which what the fuck are those? I love it. Love it. I wish I could look like her. She's amazing. She's stunning. Lo- yeah, I love everyone in this movie. When you suggested it, I was like, I know that I like this movie, but I thought that because it's Wes Anderson, I thought that Jason Schwartzman was in it. Ah, I replaced Ben Stiller in my mind with Jason Schwartzman, and mm-hmm. I that dude he can he can <laughs> he can he can just go bungee jumping without the bungee. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I he, that was that was rough. I don't wish him dead. That was a lot. <laughs> Maybe I need to look for some more stuff. <laughs> he just irritates the crap out of me. He's so smug all the time. He's just, you know what I mean? He's just so mm-hmm. smug. I so like him. when I realized it was Ben Stiller, um, I was like, oh, okay. No, I, yeah, no, love it. And Angelica Houston is very different in this. I feel like she's very um, soft. She doesn't have edges. A lot of her characters have edges. Yes. Yeah. I like for me, she's really like the whole soul of this movie. And I just yes. love my favorite scene of hers is when she's walking in the park with Gene Hackman and they're sort of rehashing their relationship and Danny Glover, who I adore in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, she may be getting married to him. She has to think about it. Um, and she just has that smile at the end of that scene. And it, it just, the, their relationship feels so rich to me, her and Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love that scene so much. My favorite thing was when he says, I'm dying. And yes. he gets re- so upset. And it's just because his character's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows it. It, it. No one puts him on a bit. Like, everybody knows that he's an asshole. That's the reason they're separated. He's, he's a jerk. But it made sense that she would be upset. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just like, oh yeah, that is the reaction I would have too because they're walking along and she doesn't want to talk to him. You know, you're an asshole. Blah blah blah. I'm dying. Instant tears, and that made sense to me. Yeah, like yeah, he's an asshole, but he's the father of her children. They have this history, and um, that was my favorite. And they've never gotten divorced, which also says leagues. Correct. They've never gotten divorced. They're just not together like yeah. you can just do that with the marriage you just pray we're just gonna stop now <laughs> <laughs> um i also i loved at the beginning when the kids are still young and she's on the phone and the ben stiller kid comes in he's like i need 187 dollars and she's like yeah write, write yourself, yourself a check, check. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hands it to her because he's already done it because he's already done it i love that their phone was in a phone booth in the, that house oh my god that house <gasps> that house yes. is amazing I also um, love that it's a, like a story about redemption, ultimately, which also will get me nine times out of ten. Oh, sure. Because um, he is so sweet at the end. He gives her the divorce. Yeah, yeah. And he's so genuine about it. And he loves Danny Glover's character. Yeah. And, and I just love his relationship with the grandsons. I just, 
there's just so much. I think Bill Murray is so great. He doesn't have a lot to do, but he's so great. He's so he's so great. He's so dry. And just, it's it's a movie that should irritate the shit out of me, and it doesn't because everyone just does such a good job. Yeah, I mean, it is Wes Anderson, so everything is very twee and very you know just yes. so. Yes. Um, but I just adore this movie and I love her in it so much. I just, everybody, but yeah, for me, she just is so great in this. And it is, like you said, it's nice to see her playing softer because she so often plays. Yeah. Her hard character. Edges. And, and that's what I, it's not, it's not a total depart. Like her character's still very smart and very, and sort of in an odd way, cold with the mm-hmm. way she is with her children, but at the same time, very soft and, you can tell she loves them and it yeah it, it, it's a it's a very many layered character and she does it so well yeah absolutely love it love He's it easily five stars out of five for me same i really i really i love it and Yay. i say, and why, why what is his name pagoda yeah Uh-oh. pagoda <laughs> why does he stab him that is the last time you stab me that's the last time. I love when when they uncover the truth about the medical stuff, and Gene Jackson, Gene Hackman's like, "Oh shit, man!" And he goes, "Oh shit, man!" <laughs> Pagoda just does that too. Yeah, so funny. And I don't know why. I love that all the taxis are terrible. Yeah, they're, they're all just the, terrible. Yeah, yeah, this one has a dent in it. Oh, there's another dent. There's another dent. There's another dent. And that kid, why is the kid always there? <laughs> just always hanging around. Always there. And they're all, that was the other thing. They're all in the wedding. They're not just guests. They're all in it because they all have the same tux on. You're like, why is that kid in the wedding? Why is Gwyneth Paltrow's ex-husband in the wedding? This makes no sense. Um... I loved when Bill Murray was recording his notes about his session and the kids like three rooms away and Bill Murray's yeah. like, he uh, has a keen yes, sense I- of hearing and he is uh, colorblind. He turns around, I'm colorblind. <laughs> He's like weighing across, <laughs> like a football field across the way. I'm colorblind. And he answers him. He doesn't raise his voice. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, oh, so great. The heart, uh, the Trigger warnings can sometimes irritate me, but I did not, at one point, um, uh, and I love that the brothers are in the movie together, the yes. Wilson brothers. Yep, yep. Um, uh, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Owen and... Luke. Luke. Um, Luke, at one point, uh, tries to take his own life uh, with uh, razor blades right, on the wrist. Right. And they show, they yes. show he yeah. asks Margo, do you want to see it? Oof. And it's like, oh, because oh, yeah. like, he just didn't do it once, my friends. So, And he's fresh out of the hospital. And he's fresh out of the hospital. So once he said, if you haven't watched it already, once he says, do you want to see it? He does show her. And it's, oh, yeah, oh. It's, pretty gross. it's one of those things you can feel. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um. So yeah, look away because you can feel it. Like I felt it. I was like, oh no, too much. Um, no, I love. I, it's. A, uh, I love it. I shouldn't. And I. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh my god, these people. Are just, but I love them all so much. Um, I also love uh, Gene Hackman's line towards the end when he's outside. Uh, yelling up at the twins at the house, and he's like, "Who wants to grab a couple cheeseburgers and hit the cemetery?" <laughs> hit the cemetery. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's I just so it. great, so great. 
And I think about because they all do such an amazing job. Like every single person does an amazing job. Yep. Everyone's at the top of their game. Yeah, there's not one week league. It's nope. amazing. Yeah. Um so if you haven't good. seen it, watch yeah. it. And if you have, watch it again. It's well worth it. It is. It really is. Um I chose, as everyone knows, the Adams family. And I think that you hate this movie. I don't hate it. I like it. Like I would give okay. it middle of the road. Like growing up as a child, the Munsters and the Adams family were both in heavy replay, like in syndication. I was always a Munsters person. So I've never really been an Adams guy. But uh, I think you'd love this movie. I do love this movie. And the reason, honestly, the reason I love this movie is her. And not even her performance is impeccable. But it's the way, and every time we watch it, we point it out. The way she is shot Oh my god. That gauzy light oh my god. over her eyes to make her look mis- it's just it's fucking genius. It's genius direction and she plays this character so ah uh, it's the main co- it's those two and then Christina Ricci are just the reason to watch this. That is movie. exactly what I was going to say. Her and Raul Julia and oh, Christina Ricci who was so pitch perfect together. Just my- Oh my God. First note that I took was that first shot of her. And then I put gay gasp. It's just impeccable when he's like standing over her sleeping. Yes. Like she's just gorgeous. And oh my God. It's so good. It's him. It's him and her. Yeah. Just amazing. I can look at the movie and go, okay, whatever. Like it's, it is it is what it is but it uh it's just so fun and it's if it wasn't for the direction of it it would fall flatter but those two together the way they play off each other you do you really believe that they're obsessed with each other yeah they are both very good um i actually like the sequel better um okay but uh and i had forgotten how much mc hammer was in this one um, but deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elizabeth Wilson, who I adore, was also as uh, the Fester's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Dana Ivy, who I also fucking love. Dana Ivy, I've forgotten that she ends up with cousin It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suddenly have a little It baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I like the second one better too. Plus, um, it has Joan Cusack. So, I, and oh my, Debbie, a Deborah pastels. <laughs> Those things I could forgive, but Debbie pastels. Um, oh. I also enjoyed the product placement of the tombstone pizza in this movie. <laughs> R.I.P. Tombstone Pizza. R.I.P. Um, uh, Tim Burton passed on directing this film because he was busy filming Batman Returns. Ah, interesting. It is totally, I mean, and now obviously he has claimed the Adams universe finally, but it is totally, like I just kept wondering what it would have been and if it would have been the same people. Right. Well, 
Um, Angelica Houston said she based her aspects of her performance on her friend Jerry Hall to give the character more warmth, which is funny because Jerry Hall does not say warmth to me. Um, Houston said she had expected the role to go to Cher. Mm. Huh. I could see that though. I can sort of see it. It would be different. It's one of those Angelica Houston is so much Morticia Adams to me. Yeah. That it's hard for me to see. Although Catherine Zeta Jones. Have you watched Wednesday? No, Joe just put up in the chat. He said, Have you watched Wednesday? It is. I am obsessed. It's delightful. I fucking love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Fucking love it. And, uh, you know, Catherine Zeta Jones does a good job. Um, I like uh, that the cast mostly is of Latin background fitting Mm -hmm. the Gomez name, but that actor, man, he just doesn't fit. He fits the cartoon. I get it. But Raul Julia to me is so sexy in the role of Gomez that this guy is just like, I'm like, how? No, not. I just, I'm sorry. I know that it's mean. It just, no, no, thank you. No, you don't like everybody. Clearly, um, people who listen to us know that we don't like everybody. <laughs> that we don't like anybody. I'm looking at you, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> um, no, I just love this movie. It is a Halloween staple. Watch it every uh, Halloween. Um, oh, I forget, and I always forget. Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh my God! Yeah. Her. Yep. Um, if you don't know Adam's family, first of all, what rock have you been under? Uh, it was a 1991 supernatural black comedy film is what is how it's, it's, uh, build. And, uh, uh, Christopher Floyd is, uh, Christopher Floyd, Christopher Lloyd is Fester Adams. And the movie is, um, Fester comes back into their lives after being gone for a while. And so, uh, I don't know why I start. There was a reason that I started saying this other than explaining the movie for someone who hasn't watched it. Also, uh, um, uh, oh, have fun storm in the castle. What is her name? Oh, Carol Kane. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Carol Channing. <laughs> Carol Channing. <laughs> <laughs> because Carol Kane was in the second one. She wasn't in the first one. Ah. Who is she in the Gra- second one? Is she grandma? Grandma, She's grandma. Grandma was replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I, don't know she, I don't know if the original one passed. Interesting. I didn't remember uh, that. Judith Molina was grandmama. And she died in 2015. So I don't oh. know why. Maybe she's just a bitch. She, listen. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, Carol Kane was in the second one. So yeah, I kind of like um the second one better but it's just it's it's just all that couple man yeah they really do sell it Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it or want to see it again um it is on netflix but only until the end of this month (gasps) they're taking it off yeah when i watched it it said watch this before january 31st oh i wonder if it's going to some other streaming oh i bet i wonder if disney owns it hmm i wouldn't be surprised so watch that. And the Royal Tenenbaums is on Hulu. If you uh, want to watch that. Uh, Hulu. It's on the Hulu. Um, what is our uh 
Weepod. Have you picked? I have. I'm quite All excited right. about this. All right. So we are going to watch the movie Adrian, <gasps> which is a documentary about Adrian Shelley, who wrote <laughs> and directed the film Waitress and was tragically murdered in 2006. And so we're going to watch that. This documentary just came out uh, recently, I think. Oh, um, God, yes. So, yes. yeah, I didn't even know about it. Joe told me about it this week, and I was like, oh, my God, then that's totally what we're doing. So, yeah. And I, I discovered a new album from Sir Borealis of songs that did not make it into Waitress. Oh, there's a whole album of them. Oh, I'll have to listen to that. Oh, it's on HBO Max if people want to watch the... Did you already say that? I did not. No. Okay. Uh, BJP just said it's on HBO Max if people want to watch beforehand. Oh, yeah. that's very exciting. I, I'm very excited. Yeah. If you want to watch Adrian, uh, then yeah, watch it there and then we'll talk about it next week. We sure will. Um, let us know if you watched any of our movies before listening to this, That since we're are doing this new thing i would like to know yeah and and, and how did you like it nobody will answer us but that's fine <laughs> well we're so welcoming <laughs> <laughs> we're really so welcoming um but uh, if you'd like you can send us an email at three funny ladies at gmail.com or what i have noticed a lot of people like to do uh is uh three funny ladies podcast instagram message us there yeah, um yeah. and let us know your thoughts your, yeah your, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S or your T-H-O-T-A-S. Yeah, we'll take either thoughts or thoughts. We'll take either. We'll take thoughts or we'll take thoughts. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you. We'll we'll see you next week. Okay, now. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.